1: Is it Dr. Mark Steffen, or would it be Senator Mark Steffen, or would it be Dr. Senator or Senator Doctor?
0: Uh, Well, exactly. All the above, my preferred moniker is Mark. That's that's what I was given when I was born, but, yep, I am a Kansas State Senator, and I am a medical doctor. I'm a board-certified anesthesiologist, Uh, recently retired, (laughs) Uh, but, uh, yep, uh, Mark would, would be Perfect.
1: Perfect. Anesthesiology is actually what I wanted to do. I graduated the university of Georgia in 2013. I got into medical school and I oh, wow. I decided not to go after I got accepted. But what I wanted <laughs> to do anesthesiology, that's what I volunteered for Athens regional medical center in Athens, Georgia. That's what I would shadow doctors for. I'd volunteer in the anesthesia unit. I thought psychopharmacology, neuropsychopharmacology, that stuff was my jam. I loved that. Like a normal, college,
0: that's cool. Like a normal cool. college student. <laughs> you, you know, we just, uh, we uh, basically poison people till they're just short of dying and then we get them fixed up and then unpoison them. But I spent last 15 years of my career, I specialized in interventional pain management, which means I put needles uh, near structures uh, <clears throat> that you uh, don't want to be moving around a lot while I do. But a lot of spinal injections, that sort of thing for folks with herniated discs, spinal stenosis, Uh vertebral body compression fractures. so i can't i my, my was kind of an outpatient uh clinic scenario which was was great was great it was a it was a lot of fun while it lasted
1: do you miss it at all
0: you know <clears throat> i've been asked that and truthfully i don't i've got so many other things going on you know i had a great run for 32 years and Hey, you know, now I'm in the Senate. I farm and ranch here in Kansas. I have an oil business. You know, I, I, I'm an oil or gas producer. And so, you know, what I lack for is free time, not uh, not things to do. Hmm.
1: Yeah, that was when I decided I didn't want to go to medical school, I kind of felt naked because I would put so much, I, all day, every day is what I put into getting into it. And oh, I yeah. now, yeah, as you know, and I now realize in hindsight, it's not that I really ever missed being pre-med i miss that that 24 7 endeavor towards some goal on the horizon and it doesn't necessarily have to be you miss the job i get it now with the podcast i wake up and i work at this always trying to improve video audio quality better guests trying to interview better always just trying to make it tip top it doesn't have to be organic chemistry it doesn't have to be podcasting it could be ranching it could be running an oil business it could be being in the kansas senate i that's kind of just like a a personal thing i found i love is i don't i don't yeah. i don't like a whole lot of idle time
0: yeah and that's a great point you know you know you, you get through the undergraduate you get through medical school you get through residency and you know, i started my private practice and it was, well, was kind of like man you know <laughs> what mountain am i going to climb next I, I gotta have a mountain to climb yeah. Yeah, that you're you're so right. I, it's been a long time ago for me because I, I kept finding mountains, but there for a while, you, you know, out of my residency, my practice is running smoothly. It's like what what can I do? What what is going to keep me uh, excited? And you know, and so what I did, you know, I just worked hard, to put together a, a big ranch down here in Southern Kingman County, and have managed to stay entertained with different things ever since. So yeah, you know, we actually. Uh you know, I had I had a clinic in, up in Great Bend, Kansas, and we uh we uh built a, a hospital. We started as a surgery center, turned it into a surgical hospital, and then for quite a few years, uh we were the only uh full service community hospital owned by physicians in the nation. And that was a pretty cool deal too. That was that was really cool. And uh, we sold that to KU Health Systems, Kansas University Health Systems, a couple of years ago, and it didn't take them but about six months to ruin an incredibly great hospital. You know, that's a, turned it into a bureaucratic mess, and and uh, that certainly precipitated um, my uh, my retirement. You know, when uh, when the uh, the virus response started and and things became chaotic, they shut my my clinic down. I didn't practice for five weeks. And I had people calling me who were losing use and losing permanent use of, of arms and legs from herniations. And they needed injections that I do. And the hospital said, no, And they didn't have anybody in those hospitals. They basically just shut down and they literally let people suffer suffer while they stood there in a defensive position waiting on something that that really didn't come for months and months and really never needed to come with early treatment. So, you know, I just got where I could not coexist with those hospital administrators. You know, the the CEO would come in to talk to me because, you know, it was strict mask mandates and they weren't going to get me to wear a mask. It wasn't going to happen. So he'd, the CEO would come walking in there and close the door to my office and open his mouth, take a big, deep breath to talk to me. And then I'd just destroy him. You know, I just, <laughs> you know, he, he I'm, I wasn't going to listen to their propaganda. And so we did that a bunch of times. And I thought, you know, there's better things to do with my time than fight with hospital administrators. So so I moved on from that. I was already in the Senate at the time, so it's all been good. But, man, I mean, the the bureaucracy of uh, academic medicine, the propaganda from academic medicine, I really got to see it in that KU health system as they, as they took over a beautiful little physician-owned community hospital and, and ran it into the ground in six months.
1: Do you think that that could explain the... I mean, aside from there's obviously corporate interests, there's just the general desire for control that's not new to 2022. It's just as old as the pyramids. Do you think all these things kind of uh, played into why they so seamlessly were able to suppress the use of things like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine? Was it just. This wasn't a unique phenomenon, is I guess what I'm saying. In my opinion, I feel like. The ability for big pharma, for media, for all these things together, to kind of in a lockstep manner suppress all discussion and use of alternative treatments. Do you think that that ability has always been there, and it may, has it perhaps been there before the pandemic? I'm not sure if I'm if I'm wording my question correctly.
0: Well, no, I understand exactly what you're saying, and and it, you know, I I don't think they, this could have happened. 20 and 30 years ago. No, I do not. Um, you know, since I came out of medical school and residency, it's been very, very clear that hospital administrators, they wanted to own the knowledge base that physicians had. And, you know, we were, you know, doctors were historically very independent, very entrepreneurial. And they re- they really went to work in, in the 80s and into the 90s in converting doctors into employee situations, and and once they really tipped the scales on that, there's really that you know through the hospital associations, through literature, through uh, legislation, through CMS, when they incentivized doctors, you know, financially incentivized doctors to be employees of hospitals, you know, that's what it tipped, you know, doctors and everybody else, every other employee on the face of the earth. You, You are beholden to who signs your paycheck, and so they got between you know hospital administration got between physicians and patients by making doctors employees, and so yeah, you know KU Health System is an incredible example of that. You know they have all these doctors who are employees who 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 have a, a, a wonderful lifestyle financially and like you know like like since the pyramids people have, have outspent their income and so you know at least even the doctors they can't go a week they can't go a month without getting that paycheck and and so they were beholding to their boss their boss was the hospitals and yeah you could certainly slide information and i call it i call it reimbursement based treatment protocols that's what went on the hospitals you know, just reimbursement based. And the doctors, you know, it was, it was, the, the virus was new. You know, the right treatments were not completely known at the time. And so they were more than happy to go along with what the hospitals wanted them to do treatment wise. But the problem was they never got into an investigative mode where they tried to figure it out try to come up with, with new ideas, new concepts, repurposed drugs. They never thought, they never turned their brains on. They literally never turned their brains on this deal. And then I think it, at some point it became too late to turn your brain on, you know. When, when you realize that you've just told people, ah, it's just a virus, go home until you can't breathe and then go to the hospital. You know, that was initially, that statement initially started because doctors didn't want to see these people, doctor, you know who went who went into this to, to get sick and die. These doctors didn't that never entered their realm of thought, and uh, so it started out. The doctors responded by fear. Then they started responding by by who who they were beholding to, you know, particularly within a hospital setting. Uh, then they were too far down that rabbit hole to come back out because you know they're basically complicit when you when you've sent hundreds of people home to get sick and ultimately be hospitalized and even die. You know, how do you, how do you, these guys couldn't change. This, this was a, it was a bizarre deal. I, I love, I, I like to blame it on the four, the four things that came together perfectly was fear, greed, politics, and stupidity. And man, they ravaged across the country They ravaged across the world and they left a whole lot of people suffering and a whole lot of people dead no question about it do you
1: think that yeah the reimbursement the 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 medical (laughs) care it's uh i've interviewed um gerald posner an author who amongst many books one of his books is pharma and actually interviewed him about that i think before even the pandemic started to break out but it was all about the sackler family the purdue family OxyContin, suboxone and all the kickbacks doctors were getting and like the you know the roundabout ways they would get kickbacks and really kind of peeled my eyes back and and wiped away any romantic veil I had about medicine was that it was just as corrupt and perverted as as any human endeavor. That doesn't mean that it doesn't have beauty and it doesn't have, you know, true human spirit as do all things. But to me that that took it off the, the ivory pedestal. And I realized this is this is just, it can be just as evil as, you know, Apple changing the shape of the chargers on their phone every year. And it's like, Hey, hold on a second. You're not just helping people communicate. You're, you're, you know, you're robbing our wallets and it can happen in a hospital too. You just, you maybe don't want to believe it because you see the guy or the gal in the white coat. You want to believe there's like a higher thing to it. But to say that, um, and I, and I bring this up a lot on this podcast and it's not in any form, not in any like desire for, for retribution. I, I don't think I possess that. It's more so to prevent this from happening again. How or, or can there even be, and if it can, when, will there be an investigation into exactly what all happened? I mean, it wasn't that it was a bunch of, of idiots who didn't know ivermectin worked or didn't know hydroxy. These were competent people who knew these things worked and they knew that their use would void uh, the emergency use authorization and thus untold billions of dollars of profit, I mean, doses administered by Pfizer or Moderna or AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson or whatever. Do you think there will ever be, or is this just going to be something where we wring our hands and go, ah, those corporations, and then we just You know, like after 2003, like we look back at 20 years and trillions of dollars and millions of civilian deaths and we just go, ah, I guess there weren't any WMDs. And there was just no, there's no closure. Colin Powell just dies. Dick Cheney's just like 150 out on some ranch somewhere, probably the same as you. Yeah. Will there be any, will will Anthony Fauci, will will anyone at the CDC or the FDA or, or any, is there is there going to be any justice brought to any of this, or is this just did the bad guys get away again?
0: Well, and that's a great question, and I, I rack my brain in regards to that. And you know, I, I really, I, I think the only two places we have any hopes of of seeing this move forwards to, to take a look back is is if we can take over the house and the Senate at a national level and have some investigations into it. And then in our courts, you know, in our civil courts and, and you know, right now, I don't see an appetite among the, the, uh, the attorneys to pursue this stuff. And, and that kind of blows my mind. Uh, You know, I know here in Kansas, back in when I guess it was 20, uh, I was not in the legislature at the time, but this 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 virus response gets started. Um, they think they got to shut down the legislature because nobody's going to be safe in that in that building. So they go through some emergency uh, management issues and right then and there before. This thing had hardly even got started. The Kansas Hospital Association, the Kansas Medical Society were in securing uh, legal immunity from anything associated with this virus response, any kind of. And particularly the one that really troubled me was they, they managed to obtain immunity for, quote, failure to treat, end quote. So, you know. It, it's, it's pretty damning that to a large degree th- their failed response was predetermined. That that they knew full well that they didn't want to get in the trenches with this any more than they had to. But I find I find the fact that they had they were so forward thinking in their their pursuit of of legal immunity from failure to treat that uh you know that just bespeaks of of, of evil to me i i'm just dumbfounded that they knew to ask for it i'm dumbfounded that they got it and i'm i'm dumbfounded that they're back they're back now asking for it for another year they're, they're they want it through the rest of 22 and and they sure might get it they've got it in a bill that uh that is just a a very short distance from crossing the the finish line and becoming law. And, you you know, I don't, I don't think citizens of Kansas in any way, shape or form have an appetite to see these hospitals and and doctors without legal responsibility. And, you know, they they say, Oh, you know, it's, it's not for, for wanton disregard. It's, it's, it's just related to, 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 COVID response. Well, that's going to be extrapolated to cover everything and so you know my, my real fear is that there won't be a, a post-mortem on this that we won't learn anything from it and that really get kind of leads into a lot of uh, of my bills and and what I've been involved in because you know if if I can change the laws you know to some degree I can keep them from doing it again you know like we've got Last year, we managed to get some a bill in place to where, if any entity, you know, the the at state level, county level, city level, you shut down businesses, well, they're gonna whoever shuts them down is has to reimburse everybody for their property taxes. You know, now that's not monstrous, but it is to it is to the counties, it is to the cities, and I mean, you know, in my county, you know, they they immediately had no interest. And shutting anybody down anymore. So you know we we put some we've got some guardrails in place in our in our Kansas State statutes that they're going to punish uh, uh, government entities that try to try to shut people down. And 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 in our state Senate, you know, we actually it was Wednesday night into Thursday morning we passed you know like what well, was it three or four bills that do an incredible amount. To uh, curtail this this uh, this this kind of failed behavior that governments went after, you know, we we've, we've said we, we in one bill we said no governmental entity can require masks, and and I stood up and I said, okay, uh, is it the intent of the bill that government governmental entity means the broadest definition of the word? It means governors county commissioners school boards school board members basically anybody associated with the government and I the, the, the carrier of the bill was incredibly reticent to, to, to answer that but I made her say yes so you know we've gone on the record you know what that means and so we got we got that shut down we the biggest and this I think this is a great story and, and I think this can kind of help People expand their thought process. And another bill is SB 489. Uh, In our our Kansas State statutes, Chapter 65, that's our public health stuff. And that's where the Secretary of Health and Fire Environment and our local health officers are given all these rights. And think about those two entities, Secretary of Health and a local health officer. Neither one of those are elected. It gives them in our state statutes all these rights to mandate, to shut down, to quarantine, to imprison against people against their will. So we've got unelected officials with the ability to basically imprison people. Think about that. Think of, you know, wrap your head around that? It, it, it's it's the norm. Across from state to state, it's the norm that we've we've crafted those laws. But I tell people we crafted those laws when 25 percent of the population wasn't crazy. You know, 25 percent. At least, you know, I think a good 25 percent of our population has no ability to reason intelligently right now. And so, all of a sudden, this idea has become become a disaster. And so in this bill, we, we uh, well, for lack of a more civil term, I'll say we castrated the Secretary of Health and Environment and we castrated all our local health officers and they, we put them exactly where they need to be. And I, I want people across this nation to think about all this and, and, and start, because everybody thinks about it with, with half of ability to reason realizes that what I'm saying is right. What you want to do with government officials is you want to limit them to the ability to educate and recommend. That's it. That is it. You know, and if, if they aren't persuasive enough, well then all that means the issue isn't big enough. You know, that's why they would have never been successful with this with this COVID virus. Because it 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 truly was a virus that 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 98, 99% of people were going to survive. And they, they weren't going to talk people into to, to quarantining willy-nilly. They weren't going to talk businesses into shutting down. But uh, in this bill, we, we bring that, that, that new, that correct philosophy to, to Kansas, saying that these, these guys can't do anything but educate and recommend. What do you think of that?
1: I think that's awesome. <laughs> I think that's awesome, man. That's exactly what, is. but you have to completely neuter them because if they don't, it'll just, again, it's as old as the pyramids. You're going to reach for the next thing. You're going to reach for the next thing. You're going to reach for the next thing. And as with any uh, accumulated or uh, consolidated power, once it's there, maybe it takes a year to get there, maybe it takes 50 years to get there. Well, then you have turnkey tyranny. And then you have someone who, even if all of that power was built by people with the best of intentions, then all of a sudden you have some Machiavellian guy that comes in there and goes, oh, look at this nexus of power. Here I am. Yeah. And then you get another it, name. You get a Stalin, a Hitler, a Genghis Khan, and an Alexander the Great, a Napoleon. You get someone that just goes out and conquers. and That and-
0: is so correct. It's so correct. You know, it, it, nobody passes legislation with with bad intentions it's just the way that those laws could be used and so yeah you know I, and I wish I could tell you I was smart enough to figure that all out on my own but I you know I have an incredibly brilliant friend who who as I was going as this virus started we were working on this together from day one and and as we saw this quarantining unfold and, and become such an issue you know he was one St. Mark you know they shouldn't be able to to mandate anything. These number one, they're unelected officials, but they they and we expanded that. Even elected officials yeah. should not yeah. have the power to 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 mandate. It's it's educate and recommend. And the more he, he talked about it, the more I grabbed onto it. And from day one, when I walked in that Senate, you know, I started talking that. And and I'll never forget. We we're at this. Is called, it's called the truth caucus it's, it's it's supposed to be the most conservative senators and, and representatives and in, in, in the state uh, legislature meet uh, on a Monday evening and talk this stuff through and I was we were we we're hashing over how we were going to change the Kansas Emergency Management act and I'm I'm start I started in I started in day one and you know what I'm saying Educate and recommend, these guys can't have the right to mandate anything on this. And, you know, everybody's kind of like, you could just see it, just sailing right over everybody's head. And so I say it again. And then later I wait 15 minutes and I say it again and explain it. And finally, after about an hour, there's one guy who's now our majority leader in the Senate says, you know, I really don't think these guys should be able to mandate anything. I think they should be able to educate and recommend it. (laughs) I said, you got it, baby. That was your idea. Go with it. Go with it.
1: (laughs) Your idea, not mine. Your idea. Go take it. Run with it. Whatever it takes. Run,
0: baby, run. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it is interesting among a conservative group of of people how that concept, it it takes a while to gain traction because we just haven't. We haven't functioned that way, but I'm telling you from, from uh sea to shining sea, we need to reduce our government's role to educating and recommending and not controlling. Cause you're right. That's where these, these, uh, these hitlers and such pop out. of.
1: And that's the thing is if you ever bring that up, people, people will look at you and kind of, and kind of laugh at you or saying you're you're getting a drink too. Perfect. <laughs> timing.
0: Um,
1: but it's, um, you know they'll kind of and, and rightfully so, right? I mean they'll they'll kind of laugh at you. They'll say this isn't the Holocaust. That's and correct. This is not, and I'm not trying to say that it is. But you have to. You have to. Um, every fatal cancer at some point does start as a cell, right? That doesn't mean that yeah. every yeah. cancer cell is gonna is gonna be fatal. You're right. It's not every single time is it a Holocaust? You're correct. But every Holocaust was preceded by this. And so you have to proceed with caution. Every time this stuff is, I mean, uh, I mean, look at, look at the Patriot Act right after, right after nine eleven, right? That's great. Sure. But now what's happening 20 years later when it's uh, examining people's financial records, did you support a trucker convoy? And it's like, what is this? Ha- this has nothing to do with Islamic terrorism, but it doesn't matter because it's the force has been there. And again, that doesn't mean that it was put in there with some comically evil intent. In 20 years, we'll use this against the people. Maybe, probably not. Most of the time, it's not. I mean, you look at, let's look at 1933 Germany. It was a a country that, based from embarrassment from World War II, they felt that their economy was gutted by the Treaty of Versailles. They wanted an enemy, and they have a charismatic guy come in and say, I'm going to put you back to work. They didn't start with, hey, we're going to take a bunch of Jewish kids and put them in ovens. No. They started with, do you want a job again? Do you want pride again? Right. Sure. I want. I love my country. Why? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Where do we go from here? And it starts and it starts and it starts. And then when it's over, you look back and you go, how did, that, how did this begin? How did this possibly begin? Well, it always starts with it's the greatest of intentions. We're going to do this wonderful thing. We're going to. You know, we're going to have a we're going to have the Department of Homeland Security. We're going to they're going to protect us from terrorism. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And then 20 years down the road, when you have fusion centers in every state working with the FBI and you're going, what is this? They have detention centers, National Defense Authorization Act 2012. They can suspend the writ of habeas corpus. Huh? It it, it didn't start with in 10 years, there's going to be a virus and we're going to arrest the anti No. I mean if it did then that's brilliant but no it yeah. it starts with it starts with, I mean even even Eisenhower and the military industrial complex I mean FDR's war pa- or war powers act I mean it started to uh, to consolidate all of our manufacturing power to build liberty ships and build planes every what was it, hour and 6 minutes Lockheed Martin could pump out a a, a a P51 it was used to go fight the Nazis and to fight the Imperial Japanese wonderful great Yeah, we got to start that way. Where did it go within 15 years? You have Eisenhower giving a speech three days before Kennedy takes office saying, beware of the military industrial complex. And then we see Korea, Vietnam, desert storm, Iraq, Afghanistan. And yeah, you go, oh, yeah, it started with the best of intentions. And to me, so when I go on these rants and people kind of raise an eyebrow and look at me and they're like, dude, it's just a virus. It's just a mask. I do believe that it is just a virus. It is just a mask. And I do believe that people pushing these bills genuinely think they're doing the right thing. However, I look back at, not I don't look back at just America. I look back at the entirety of human history. And this is always how it starts. Every fatal tumor started with one cancer cell. That doesn't mean every cancer cell is going to be a tumor. Sure. But it always, the end always starts like this. So you have to keep an open mind and you have to be on the defensive for it. And yeah, it, it starts with it starts with a vaccine. All right. Sure. In 20 years when we're wondering why, how come I can't do this if I don't you know, if I don't get my annual checkup in 19 mRNA vaccines? Well, you know, it happened because your grandparents didn't have the balls to stand up during the pandemic. So I do not really know where I was going with that, rant, But, yeah, no, it oh, starts with the best No, that's
0: a, that's a great point. I, I want to tell you a quick story. Sure. Uh, it's, it's a cool story. It came up today. It's amazing the way you – know, my family was talking about this this morning and how applicable it is to what you said a minute ago. I've got a dear friend. I grew up with him. I grew up in Enid, Oklahoma, about an hour and a half south where I'm at right now. Uh, his name's Gerald Blevins. He, they, they own several grocery stores there in Enid. And he calls me a while back. It's been, I don't know, a year and a half ago. He says, hey, we got a new house. I, w- I want you to come down. I want to show you this place. He says, this is the coolest house. I've been, I wanted to buy this for years. It was, it was built in, in like 1925, I think it, it was. And, and, you know, back in, in, in that day, in that area, um, the people who were really wealthy were the the people who owned the stores. You know, like either clothing stores. You know, they 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 made fortunes, and so this this somebody so I don't remember the person's name, but it built this ten thousand square foot house. Uh, it's just it's ornate. It has an it has a in the basement an in-ground swimming pool which which my friend says is the only functioning basement in-ground swimming pool west of the Mississippi. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's really, you know, just an ornate home. And so we had an opportunity to go down there and tour this house and it has this huge dining room, elaborate dining room with, you know, wood paneling. And on each of the walls in this wood paneling that was was put together back in 1925 is a great big swastika a great big swastika, and 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 he immediately says, Gerald. Uh, Gerald says, oh, "Mark, you know, I, I'm not sure what to do about this. It's a real problem." He says, "But let me tell you the story, and and a lot of people know the story. The swastika was a Native American symbol for prosperity, mm-hmm. and 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 so you, you know, Hitler hijacked that." you know, and, and introduce that into to Germany to, to kind of promote, like, what you're talking about, you know, well-being, you know, development of, of, the, of the economy, building something they can all be proud in. And, and so here, you know, in my buddy's dining room are, are these swastikas, which when they were put on that wall in the 1920s, meant nothing but, 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 sugar and spice you know and now it's 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 become a a dreaded representation of of genocide but you're so right when you say that this starts out innocently and then somehow it converts to evil and so yeah i i think that's pretty cool i told him if you tear those that that paneling out i will i will not be your friend anymore that's a piece of history that needs to be be retained so we 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 see that we understand that we we don't don't repeat our mistakes and and that loops us clear back to what we were talking about a long time ago. How do we prevent this from happening again? How do we do it? Well, and that you know again you know if we can change these laws to make it harder, if we can if we can get it in the literature what went on. But man, I, I you're a kinder soul than I, than I am. I do want to see some retribution for this. I think these these perpetrators of fraud, these Fauci's, uh, in our state, it's it's a Dr. Stites out of KU Health System who who's the mouthpiece. Uh, it was our Secretary of Health and Environment, Lee Norman, who who they canned and got him out of here because our governor's running for our, our liberal governor's running for reelection. So you know they're trying to erase that that chalkboard and get that get that that uh that reminder of all the mistakes that were made out of the public light again you know i i, I am very very fearful that we'll learn next to nothing but you know healthcare and and and, and doctors and the way they they abdicated the responsibility of early treatment uh, you know i'm 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 a dog with a bone on that i'm not gonna let that go and 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 I'm going to, you know, I'm going to work at a legislative level and publicly I'm going to pick at the people who did it. I'm going to pick at them. And, and I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let this be forgotten. They, these people, they, they're they going to have to, you know, it's like you you, you touch a burner. If it's hot, you learn not to touch it again. If it isn't hot, you do it again. And it's my goal not to let these people do this again. If, you, if, you're, if, you, you, if you're not a sound decision maker, you don't need to keep your position. You need to get out of the way and let's get some people in who know how to think.
1: Yeah, those, that quote, those who suffer, remember. And because humans have a finite lifespan, you have to make sure that society remembers or otherwise your kids are going to suffer. And grand. On a side note, the, what Hitler hijacked was a, it was a mirroring. If you look at if you look at the swastika and like every other use, uh, and I could be incorrect on this, I might be incorrect, and it might have been maybe it was part through – I don't remember. But yeah, the Native American peace symbol. I think that's how you can tell them apart. Is I think Hitler, oh, but it, but it was for the same purpose. That's why they sure. took it. Is yeah. they wanted it to be. Yeah. But regardless, um, so for me when I look at something like it's retribution. I I know I, I'm not a kinder soul than you. I these <laughs> people. I mean, what? There's eight hundred thousand dead. I've interviewed Doctor Freed and uh. And Dr. Tyson, and they have what over? They've not over. They have a 100% uh, efficacy rate with their early COVID treatment, which implies that all. Yeah. I mean, the ver system is small fry. Twenty-three thousand deaths. Forget about that. Eight hundred thousand deaths. Four hundred and fifteen thousand Americans were killed in World War II. We're coming up on double the world. Not not casualties, fatalities. Yeah, there does need to be retribution, but. I guess I couch it. Maybe I'm just trying to make myself sound better. But I look at it more as like, um, let's say someone who never drinks alcohol. Maybe they get dumped. Their wife cheats on them. They get absolutely shit-faced. They drive out to McDonald's at 3 in the morning. They T-bone some minivan and kill a kid. That's terrible. They need to pay for what they did. Maybe they get life in, in, in jail. Life in prison. Most of us would say, like, that was terrible. That was absolutely terrible. Well, let's say it was you. Let's say it was it was, it was you. And it's like, hey, man, I, I know Mark. What happened? No, he needs to pay for that. But it's like life in prison, you know. He might be a reformed person. And I would agree with you. I'd say he is. However, which one is more valuable? The fact that we give Mark the benefit of the doubt and that he's reformed or that we make this story known and it's known as a deterrent? So that the next innocent family in a minivan who are going to get a happy meal at one in the morning doesn't get killed. That doesn't mean that my heart doesn't go out to Mark as a person. We all sin and we all make mistakes and we can all reform. 10 years in prison, sure, you probably become a different person. 20 years, absolutely. 50, why not? I look at it as it's not retribution against Mark for getting in that car accident. It's the innocent kid or future innocent kids, they they deserve more of of my of, of they get more benefit of the doubt. They just by the virtue that they were innocent and they they just they went through a green light and you went through a red light. So when I look at like a Fauci or uh, a Gottlieb or a Walensky or everybody in charge of this, what's going on? suppressing ivermectin suppressing hydroxychloroquine everyone involved in the big tech companies that did suppress this unilaterally it's not that they don't deserve to suffer they do they do and they need you have to get what's coming i try to look at it i guess so i don't let like because hate hate will eat your soul hate will turn you into a hateful person (laughs) i try to look at it as they need to be punished but not don't look at it as a ha. I got you. I try to look at it as, yeah, it's so yeah. this doesn't happen yeah. again in twenty years or fifty years. Yeah. So no, 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 I'm not a kinder soul than you. I've just, <laughs> I've, I'm, I'm, am a better politician. I, I'm a slimy politician. I know how to make it. Make, it makes me sound like a good person. I should be in the senate. But
0: yeah, I, I like the way you explain it. it. It's making an example of those people. It yes. really is. Yes. <laughs> exactly.
1: That doesn't mean exactly. that they shouldn't. You know, it's like retribution in the Nuremberg trials. That doesn't mean that those guys shouldn't have been hung. They absolutely do. I would say instead of letting that that eat your heart and be like, we killed him, hell yeah. Instead, it's, yeah. it's hey, yeah, look what happens. You will be hung. It's yeah. the same end goal, and it's also easy for me to say that because I didn't see the horrors of World War II. I also haven't lost anyone personally to COVID-19. If I lost a family member, I might be sitting here saying, yeah, no, it's retribution. It's hundred percent retribution. I get that. I understand that. I have a limited mindset on this, but we're forty-five minutes into it. I haven't. We haven't touched on this. So, you guys did just pass the medical freedom bill, correct?
0: Well, yes, we passed it out of the Senate. We had we had put it in. You know, this is this gets complicated. But uh, you know, in Kansas, you can you can have a bill that comes from the House to the Senate. You can take that bill uh eviscerate the contents of the bill and then put your contents you want in it and and that's what we did so we took we took Senate bill 381 and I think it's 398 and and put in a house bill and uh I got that passed on the Senate floor at about 1 a.m on Thursday morning and what that did you know the, what that bill did was was it it encouraged doctors it kind of it codified the doctor's right to prescribe fda approved medications for off label use particularly in regards to covid <clears throat> so that was the first step second step was it said pharmacists can't refuse to fill that a prescription under the for the, that purpose solely based on a known or assume diagnosis of COVID because we had a big problem with that here particularly through the chain pharmacies the Walgreens the CVS's and Dylan's uh, grocery store here you know we <clears throat> we'd give people prescriptions call them in and and those chains would say no we're not going to fill it and and so we blocked that we, we blocked that problem and then we said our Board of Healing Arts cannot Launch investigate, investigations and persecute doctors for doing this kind of prescribing. So we, we, what we basically did was cleared the field and and kind of opened the door for the, for the doctors to be able to get these medications in the hands of those. And this this you know you know how bills are you know everybody tries to come up with with some uh, alternative explanation and and. You know, I just try to drive home over and over and over and over. But this bill is only about preventing suffering and death. This bill is about, it's not about the doctor. It's not about the pharmacist. It's not about a rogue board of healing arts. This is about preventing suffering and death. And, uh, you know, good good folks like Dr. McCullough and Dr. Corey had, had been through the state and helped... Uh, Helped uh, get a lot of people's minds right, and, and and ultimately we were able to get this bill passed. And you know it was it was close. And the other thing on this bill, which I think is real uh, worth talking about, is is the second bill we put into this house. Bill was in November. We had such a hue and cry in regards to the vaccine mandates going on and people losing their job that. Uh, the uh, legislature was forced to come back to special session. And it was the first time in the history of Kansas that we had a special session called by the legislature rather than the governor. And, and in that, we crafted some exemption language that was really good, you know, for medical exemptions and for religious exemptions. And the core of the religious exemption was said that, you know, it is nobody's right to question another person's religious, uh, statements. And so it just made our, it made our religious exemptions in And so we took that new exemption language and applied it to daycare age and school age kids wanting whose parents wanted them not to have a particular vaccine and particularly COVID. So we really, we really paved the way for parents to keep their kids from having the COVID vaccine forced on them. And that's, you know, that's noble work right there. That's good work. Okay, we we know that when you run a, a a risk benefit analysis on these healthy kids in regards to that that vaccine, it's 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 a simple choice. But you know, we we have a, a state government that's still promoting that on our kids. So so between clearing the field for for doctors to get ivermectin and such into patients' hand and and giving parents a good way to to uh to have a religious exemption for their kids you know we got that bill across the line and we we uh we brought some good thinking into the state of kansas and 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 i knew i knew i knew i, I told people the second it passed i said we will we'll will this will reverberate across the entire nation and and it has and and rightfully so and it's a beautiful thing that that you know that that gets me in touch with a with a, a great guy like you, and I get to to have a, a bigger impact rather than than just on the Kansas stage. Because what what I'm talking about, it, it, you know, is is important stuff. And the way we've attacked it and attacked it boldly, other people haven't had the 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 ability to make it happen, and we made it happen. You know, we're melting this this we're we're breaking ice on this propaganda. And, and we're, we're moving the, 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 the popular belief, the, the, the belief that, that uh, the standard of care, this is what I preach over and over. I, I've said this a million times now, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to say this on your podcast. The standard of care in early treatment is not sitting on your hands doing nothing. It is, it's a multi-drug regimen that includes fda approved drugs for off-label use like the hydroxychloroquines like the ivermectins that's the standard of care if you're a doctor who isn't doing that you are not meeting the standard of care and 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 you know as i can as i can promote that and and, and make that the the, the the, the belief in this state and in this country, then these doctors, then they're going to, their, their fear is going to go away. Their fear of job loss or financial loss, then they're going to know they have to start treating this correctly. And so, you know, I am, I am so thrilled to get to talk about this today with you because, you know, the standard of care is not doing nothing. It's, it's treating COVID with with aggressive early treatment and and educating people that when you have what your symptoms start the clock's ticking clock's ticking on a bad outcome why would you wait and find out what the results are going to be you start treating it ASAP. And, you know, just think how different this would have, been, would have been if we'd had like-minded people like me, like you, like Dr. McCullough, doc, like Dr. Corey, and we had these public health departments putting kits together that could be taken out to the public and and, and disseminated far and wide, and people could have started this early. Uh, and we could have prevented so many deaths, so many hospitalizations. You know, the hospitals brought their problems on themselves, Because they never got behind early treatment. They, they, you know, in our community, they were against it. You know, their their doctors were against it. And so, you know, just think of the different difference we could have made. But again, the standard of care is early treatment with a multi drug regimen. And you know, I I got no problem if if you want to take the Pfizer oral antiviral or the Merck. I'm not. You know, I've done the. I've done the side-to-side comparison. I'm still going ivermectin myself. But uh, this is a big opportunity, and I appreciate it.
1: Well, I, I appreciate you coming on here. Yeah, or, or you could be like me, uh, nothing, no no ivermectin, no shots, no. I had Dr. McCullough come on here and tell me, you just need vitamin D, zinc, turmeric, and quercetin. Uh, I was like, got it. I've been doing that every day. I, had, I didn't know I had Omicron until it was a week into it. I was <laughs> going to the gym yeah. every day. I was like, what? I'm also yep. I'm also 31 and younger, but yep. I, I think you brought up a poor, you brought it up earlier uh, towards the beginning of the podcast, and I think it, and it kind of carries over is we can look at this big picture, right? And it can get very intimidating and it can get very demoralizing. You look at the size of like a like like the market cap of a Moderna and a Pfizer, and it seems like they're all in cahoots with the Trusted News Initiative. All these multinational conglomerates, and you're like, what the hell am I going to do about this blatant violation of the Nuremberg Code? And if you look at it like that, you're right, you're probably going to do nothing. What you can do, though, is what can you do immediately around you? What can you do in your own community? And like, what moves can you realistically take? I'm never going to have an effect on the acidity level of the ocean. What I can do is buy a second trash can and make sure I throw the recyclables in there that's a little thing I can do. And you talked about that with changing the laws to make it so that they can't do this again, make it more difficult for them to do it. And although that may sound like a compromise and it sounds like you're bending the knee, I don't think it is because if we hold, you know, don't let, what is it? Don't let perfection prevent progress or don't, don't let perfect be the end yeah. of the good. I like the alliteration one more, but don't let perfection prevent progress because if we sit here and go, we they either all have to hang from the neck till dead like Nuremberg, and it's like, well, it's going to be kind of hard, and then you go, well, then we're not going to do anything. Or you can, you can make a move in the direction. You can go, we're going to pass these laws. We're going to make it so it's on record, all government identities or uh, governmental whatever, you know, nothing but uh, educate and advocate, or re- uh, educate and recommend. So there is something you can do. And then once you do that and you do do it definitively and you show it work in your community and you see that there is an effect on the chain, uh, pharmacies, Walgreens, Rite Aid, CVS, Dillon's, um, I had on, uh, Dr. Keith Rose, you know, I've had on Dr. Farid and Dr. Farid was on my podcast and someone, he was actually at the office and someone called in from the pharmacy and you could like hear him on the podcast, him like arguing with the pharmacist and, uh, and then I had on another guy, uh, Doctor Keith Rose, who's a doctor. I think former Green Beret. It's kind of a little different mentality, and he was like, "Oh, when they reject my when they reject my prescription, he's like, I call in and I make sure they get their ID and I ask them their last name and I ask them how they would like to be addressed in court." And it works, and it's like, I love it. It's like, all right, you know, sometimes you got to go in there with that alpha mentality. You can tell this guy yeah. is a Green Beret. He doesn't doesn't play games, um, but all this rambling I'm going on is, do you think that the bill you guys passed, could that maybe be once it's shown to work And we did this thing, right? That was almost like the first mountain. We crossed the mountain. Instead of sitting on our asses now, let's look for the next mountain. The next mountain could be nationally or the next mountain could be a smaller mountain. It could be, can we get another state to do it? Do you think there's any, is there any, uh, is there any realism in that mindset to, Could this now start going to others? I mean, look at the decriminalization of weed like 15 years ago in Colorado. Started there, took a decade and a half, but now it's isn't it legal in more states than it's not? Do you think that something like this medical freedom bill regarding ivermectin and regarding the, the chain pharmacies, do you think this could spread to other states? And is there anything you can do about that?
0: Yeah. I, I think absolutely it can, and and there is a lot of states. There, I I, I think there's like 16 states with le- pending legislation similar to this, and uh, yeah, no, it, it's a funny deal. You know, I've been to a few of these uh, legislative uh, summer get-togethers where you talk about uh, ideas and such, and and what you see across the board is nobody really wants to be the first to do anything. Yeah. And, okay. and, and uh, yeah, and which is not my mentality. You, yeah. you know, I, you know I, I don't, you know, being fearful is just not the way I was born. And, and so I I think seeing us get this through and maybe it helps, you know, we're having a doctor, you know, I'm the only medical doctor in our state Senate. And so <clears throat> I think that, that brings a, a bit of legitimacy that that uh, you might not have otherwise. But yeah, no, you know, be, the people will be reading about this. They'll get their courage up and they'll keep pushing their bills in these other states. And I really do. I think this this the the, the thaw has started on this propaganda. And uh, I, I really do think uh, within very short time that that the propaganda is, is going to, to, to fall to the wayside and, and doctors are going to get back to work taking care of patients. Like they all always have. And, and so, yes, I, 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 do. And, you know, if anybody needs me to, to talk about this anywhere, I'm always available to do this because this is far more important than me. This has literally has nothing to do with me. You know, the good Lord put me in a position to to have an impact on this. Uh, and, 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 and I will, I will, uh, swing at it with the biggest sledgehammer I can swing at it. And, and, uh, you know, we're, we're bringing it down here in Kansas. And, and I know there's other good doctors and legislators across the country working on it at the same time. And we're going to, we're going to change this thing. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to bring down this, this academic uh, mainstream medicine nonsense. And we're going to, we're going to, uh, we're going to ultimately change the, Change the country, change the world. And we're going to do it because we're, we're in the right. When you, when you put sunlight on the truth, all's well. When you put sunlight on the evil we've endured for two years, they crawl back into their holes. And, and yeah. mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm going to be, I'm relentless in this. I'm unapologetic in it. Uh, like say the you know the good Lord has me here for this purpose. Uh, he's he's surrounded me with with support and prayers that, that that help keep me safe and in the right direction. And and, and I'm not beholden financially to any of these folks. So they they they're not going to be able to hurt me from a financial standpoint. They can have they can have my medical license. I don't care. But they can't silence me, and they won't silence me.
1: Hell yeah. And that's, that's that, that's that America energy. Just two two middle fingers, burn it down.
0: uh, uh, That's it. That is it. I, you know, it it was kind of funny. I was in a meeting. uh, I don't know how long it's been. It's two months where Dr. McCullough was at. It was the first time I'd heard him speak in person and got to meet him. It was a crazy deal. You know, it was actually Chris Kobach, you know, who's running for attorney general, uh was up on the stage, stage talking at this meeting and and you know he does a great job he's a he's a great individual rights guy and so you know he had the crowd lathered up and he had me lathered up and he had Peter McCullough lathered up and so he was on stage. I was on the, the far left of the of the of the audience. McCullough was on the far right and we were just you we were in question and answering and we were just bringing the place down and we were all saying, you know, say enough. You, you know what? We're not going to be timid anymore. We're coming at this full throttle and, and, and there's going to be a fight. And, uh, I loved it. That was one of, that was an incredible day to get, get, get to, cause what they've done, they've isolated us. They've isolated the doctors. They've isolated uh, us malcontents, but now we're, we're coming together. We're, we're, we're uh, we're, we're, we're getting on the, uh, on the same networks, we're, we're networking, we're talking to each other, and that just that just recharges our batteries and, and makes us stronger and lets us come at this stronger and more effectively. And so, you know, all those folks like 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 uh, Dr. McCullough, like up here, Corey, like. John latell, those guys are heroes, man those are those are american heroes they've they've sacrificed they've lost jobs, they've lost income, they've lost reputations so that and they've stood tall they've stood for the truth you know those guys are absolute freaking american heroes and and to them you know my my undying respect goes out so and I appreciate your work on this as well. So this is this is this is a this is a good fight we're fighting. It really is. It's noble. It's 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 tough, uh, and it's 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 based in truth. And that's as good as it gets.
1: We'll we'll close out on this. Is this, it's an analogy I always use. And again, it's it's I'm I'm very aware it's an analogy because this isn't anywhere near the same as war. I get that. But I always look at something again in my limited thirty-one-year-old mindset with no military experience. I always look at something like a like a revolutionary war or a World War II. We're going to fight the literal Nazis or the people that bombed Pearl Harbor. It's very clear cut, and although it's a almost guaranteed death, there's something that makes it easier knowing that it's noble and righteous. If I look at something like a like a, a korea or a vietnam and it's not disparaging to the soldiers but i mean i look at like my my late my late uncle uh who was drafted to vietnam and you know he he would always recall he's like you're kind of just like you know you're in your you're in your sleeping bag kind of hanging from a tree branch and you're like why the hell am i here what are we what are we we're fighting an economic thing and it's nine thousand miles from my home and the Vietnamese people don't even know what America is, and it's this sort of, what the hell are we doing? Why are we here? And uh, and I look at my friends that went and served in Iraq, and it's it's not even Afghanistan, and it's fifteen years later, and they're like, wait, nine eleven was in two thousand one, carried out by a guy in Afghanistan who we killed in two thousand eleven. Now it's twenty sixteen, and I'm in Iraq. Why? And it's demoralizing because it's, life is suffering. The the, the trick is to find suffering that's worth it. When I look at where we are now, not only is our fight easy in comparison to you and I aren't shipping out and going overseas and physically fighting. What's the extent of my fight? I sit in a leather chair with air conditioning on and talking to a camera. This isn't a war. And more, or more importantly, it is a war, and this is my war. I am so blessed that this is my war. But regardless of, be it me sitting in a leather chair or be you actually fighting, be grateful that it is so clear-cut. It's so simple. Bodily autonomy. Stop censorship. You should be able to use generic alternative treatments with no patents on them that cost pennies and save your life. I, I, to me, it's so... We're so lucky that it's not, why are we in Vietnam? It's easy. Medical freedom, autonomy of your body. You don't have to take an experimental profitable shot and get rid of censorship about these issues. What, what more could you ask for? And then not only that, it's not even like we're fighting that, but we're actually going over there with guns. We're fighting that from a chair. Like, how much... What more do you want? It's 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 a softball right down the center, and you have a tennis racket. <laughs> you can't miss, man. All you got to do is swing. And if you're going to complain about that, then God save your soul. Like, that's, that's how I look at it is, and I think it's what you were saying. It's so simple. It's so universal. It has nothing to do with imposing or projecting your own desires or beliefs on other people. It's the exact opposite. <laughs> It truly is like the essence of America. Leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. That's it. That's it. So with that, you said you like to be called Mark. So I'll call you Mark instead of Dr. Senator. It was a pleasure having you on. You can come on here whenever you want. I would love to help you out any way I can. Um, I'll send you the episode when it's uploaded. And uh I'll see if I can't get you on some of my other friends that do podcasts that have a bigger platform than me. I can't promise anything, but I'll try. Sure. And I think that would well, I, I think they'd be that. Happy to help. Again, I can't, yeah. I can't promise, but I'll try.
0: Sure, sure. Well, it, you know what? A great conversation. I enjoyed every minute of it, it's and fun, and man. you are you are wise beyond your years, my friend. So keep it up and stay on the right path, and, uh, and it's uh, a, it's good a, things are in your future, no doubt. It's
1: a so. very well crafted facade I put on. I I said, I look like I, I can do it for an hour a day where I really look wise beyond my years. Thank uh, God, no one sees the other twenty three hours.
0: <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's what it's all about. My it's a, it's a fake, deal. Fake well, let's stay in touch. Let's stay in touch. You got my number, and uh, yeah, anything you you think appropriate for me to be involved in on you know on other podcasts, let let, let me know. Let them know because you know, like I say, I'm ready to burn down the house. I'm I am I am not uh, I'm not here to to make friends. I'm here to shine light on the trees. So oh, yeah. good stuff. thank
1: you man thank you so much thank you man we will stay in touch i'll text you after this i'll get working on that tonight to see who else i can get you on and um and if we can't get you on anywhere else screw it you'll just come back on here who who cares i'm I'm my own boss i don't have any team i gotta run it by so that's uh,
0: as good as it gets that that should be that should be everybody's goal to be their own boss in some form and fashion
1: hey man i pulled it off I pulled it off at 31, and I you're, you're never, kicking back. I'll i never look back. Yeah, I am in, no, I'm in no. nirvana, nirvana. Yeah,
0: I love it. Yeah, well, yeah. pleasure to meet you, and great to get to talk to you. You
1: as well. Thank you so much, my man. God bless America. God bless Kansas. God bless all of it. And, uh, yeah, let's burn it down. Thank you so much, Mark. All right. Take so care, brother. Peace.